Welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred. That great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Today, I am very excited to be able to treat your ears with a work I have been working on personally since early April, the latest field-recorded original audio drama from Final Rune Productions. This is my own audio drama troupe, which, yes, was featured in the Wall Street Journal back in February. And what you're about to hear is the first installment of The Troll of Stony Brook. This is penned by yours truly. Uh, really wanted to follow up an adaptation of another author with um, some of my own original pieces. This is The Troll of Stony Brook is a tale of a boy who runs afoul, or should I say runs over a magical creature who has been hiding out from humanity and the conflicts that therein arise. So this is actually a full 30-minute show, but I will be releasing it for free in weekly installments of about five minutes or so. And uh, if you like it, and I hope you do, you can actually purchase the entire work now at www.finalrune.com forward slash troll, F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E dot com slash troll. Um, you get the whole 30-minute show as well as two unique musical bonus tracks for the ridiculously low price of buck ninety nine. But if you don't want to pay anything, just keep tuned into RadioDramaRevival.com or the FinalRune.com podcast, and you'll get it all in five-minute installments minus the cool music. So, um, you know, you make your own mind up, but it is less than the price of Lost um, episodes and uh, six times as much length of programming as you'll hear from average iTunes track all for a buck. 99 finalrune.com slash troll. So, you know, give, give me some reason to tell people that people will actually pay for uh, programming, would you? <laughs> Anyways, let's get right into it. Uh, the Troll of Stony Brook, Episode 1. Final Rune Productions presents The Troll of Stony Brook by Frederick Greenhalge. Part 1, Something in the Road. Have you ever found yourself looking for magic? I mean, right here, right around you, just out of sight. They say we can only see and hear a small fraction of everything that's really happening. Surely we're missing some magical things, right? Like the troll. <laughs> yeah, the troll. Hmm? Oh, oh, you know, big gangly things. Hairy creatures that eat goats and live in the woods. You catch them in daylight, they turn to stone, but otherwise it's, it's hard to kill them. <laughs> I know, I know, I didn't believe in it either. Until it hit me, squarely in the face. Okay, okay Jim. Get up the nerve. Go on, go over there. Okay. Hey, Margo. Uh, hello. Hey, it's uh, it's me, Jamie. Oh, uh, hey. Yeah. You uh, join the party? Yeah, it's great. Cool. Um. Did. Do you work late today? Just until seven. Hey, um, I told Sarah I talked to her about- Hey, Jamie. Dude, you're still on your first beer. Yeah, well, I, 
Yeah, well, I just got here, you see? Cause You've been here for like two hours, dude. Jeez. Oh. Hey, Margo. Hey, Rick. Sarah's about to light one up. You want to come along? Well, yeah. Jamie? Oh, no, no thanks. I just... Whatever, then. Okay, Margo. Time to blaze. <laughs> <laughs> there he is now. Jamie, where are you going, dude? I'm leaving. Leaving? Yeah, I'm going home. <laughs> Loser! Okay, it'd be a moose. Okay. Alright, alright. Just I'll just go ahead and see what happens. Oh, oh man, look at that light and the hood. Triple A or something. What the hell did I hit? Oh no. Oh man, it looks like it looks like a guy. Hey you! You okay? Hey you alright? Hey you are you Oh my gosh, you're You're like a monster man. Are you like like taller than Jaws. Hey, hey man, I can't see anything. Are you okay? Hey, you alive there? Hey, wake up! Oh, oh. Oh. oh my God! Oh. Oh. What the hell was that? What? Hey! Welcome to Dino Burger, home of the Mammoth Meal. May I take your order? Yeah, I like the uh, pterodactyl special with the Megasaurus french fries and a chocolate butterfly. Okay, that's 916. Drive up to the window two. Hey, loser. Oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> Man, you're jumpy. What's gotten into you? Uh, nothing. Come on. It's, it's just after the party. What, dude? You barely drank one beer. Yeah, I know, but... Something weird happened. Yeah? Yeah. Yo, I like the uh, T-Rex burger, please. Let's just talk at the break. Screw it, man. Let him wait. Okay. Excuse me. Hello? I was on my way home, right? On the new road. And I hit something. What? Like a skunk or something? No, no, no. It was... It was big. It looked like a human. You hit a dude? No, no. 
that's what's weird because he or it whatever he was huge like bigfoot or something you're screwing with me no i'm totally serious so like did you take a picture no that's a thing it just ran off before i could do anything you're so full of it your eyes are brown all right all right so you don't believe me huh let's just go check it out then huh i bet i could find the place again you're on dude you're so on I bet you a six-pack. There's nothing there but a smushed raccoon. Just you wait. What the hell are the two of you doing? The drive-through lane is backed up and people are turning around. Well, I, I was... Uh, sorry. The radio receiver was broken and Jamie needed me to reset it. Seems to be working now. Welcome to Dino Burger, home of the Mammoth Meal. May I take your order? This has been a free podcast download of Final Room Productions' The Troll of Stony Brook. To hear the rest of the show, stay tuned to this free podcast or buy the entire show Director's Cut with two musical bonus tracks for $1.99. Visit www.finalrune.com forward slash troll. That's F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E dot com forward slash troll. And that was the Troll of Stony Brook episode one. And what a pleasure it is to be following up that work with something uh, from the master, Mr. Tom Lopez of ZBS, the master of uh, short-form audio drama, as well as a guy I've learned a lot about from field recording and style and fun stuff you can do in audio, such as transferring from one world to another through the telephone. Uh, Tom has been up to fun stuff lately, as he always is. It is my particular pleasure to introduce you to this next work, Lady Windenmere's Brass Fantabulous. It's a series he's been releasing in installments on his website, as well as on YouTube and Vimeo. Um, great stuff, and we'll get right into this audio delight. We'll have a couple of episodes from Lady Windenmere's Brass Fantabulous, though there is much more of it up at zbs.org. Here we go. Professor Fogging Foots Foots? I'm over here. Ah, there you are. I am cocking cow butter. Uh, I'd shake your hand, but as you can see, I'm wearing my mittens. I see. Well, you have an impressive laboratory here, Professor Footsfoots. What may I ask is that hanging there? What does it look like? Well, I would say it's a brass cage for a lady's bustle. It was made for Lady Windermere. Did you know she was a spy? <laughs> Preposterous. It was my invention. What are you referring to, Footsfoots? Lady Windermere's brass fantabulous. A what? A brass dairy air. <laughs> Lady Windermere had a brass bottom? Cow Potter, I'm going to tell you a secret. Hidden within the fashionable bustles Lady Windermere wore was a recording device. Are you implying that Lady Windermere's backside was spying on... The heads and midriffs of state. Good grief, man. Which state? Apparently every state she had the pleasure to turn her back upon. This way. Stay close. Professor Footsfoots, you are a respected scientist and inventor, but what you are saying is... Shorting your historical circuits, Cal Potter. Are you implying that Lady Windermere was involved in the events that led up to the not-so-great war? As a historian, Cal Potter, you know things were never as we say they were. What exactly did Lady Windermere capture with your brass fan-tabula? I hope to have all the answers once I locate her final brass bustle. There was more than one. Oh, yes. It wasn't buried with her. No, we opened a crypt in San Jose. No bustle. 
You desecrated Lady Windermere's remains? I assure you, Cowpotter, her desecration was done with the utmost delicacy. I see. And what type of recording device was your brass tabulus? It was a small cylinder tucked within a brass cage. It had a lens that could peek out between the bows of Lady Windermere's bustle. Good grief, man. How did she sit? How does any lady sit wearing a bustle? <laughs> I imagine it's like being seated with an empty birdcage attached to one's backside. Exactly, except Lady Windermere's birdcage contained a device that could record whatever was going on behind her back. I must hand it to you, Footsfoot. That was a devilishly clever use of fashion. It was because of Lady Windermere's brass tushy that we now know the events that led up to the not-so-great war. Well, I am here to set our history straight. Come, Cowputter. Let me show you the marvels of modern science. Now, here, you can see the fitting of the brass fantabulous. Oh, dear. No, no, it's all quite proper. Within the bustle is a cylinder that records both sight and sound. As you'll see, I'm teaching Lady Windermere how to walk, so the lens hidden within the bows of her bustle will scan the entire room. It was imperative that her hip movements created a smooth scanning back and forth as she walked across the room while recording everything behind her. Barking! Must I turn my back every time I want to document something? Lady Windermere, please stop wiggling. You're behind. You're dealing the lens. No, I'm asking, must I turn my back on everything that I find intriguing? That is a general idea. I see. Well, the best gossip always seems to happen behind my back. Exactly. Now, now, how does that feel? Strange. But I'll adapt. Hardly wait to return to Rome. To Italy. Italian men are notorious gropers. When they try to pinch me, they may find themselves with a fractured finger. <laughs> All this was captured by Lady Windermere's bustle? It was. Fascinating device, Foots Foots. Cow Potter, to understand the origins of the not so great war, we need to begin with the main event that set the entire mechanism into motion. Well, that was, of course, the infamous Paris fiasco when the French, the no, Italian, the no, Russian. No, no, no. It all began with Professor Ludwig von Snipe. Von Snipe? The man who will stop at nothing. His unscrupulousness was surpassed only by his mentor, that master of misinformation, Herr Karl von Rove. Ah, the evil von Rove, also known as the weasel in the bush. It was von Rove who taught von Snipe the art of manipulating the malleable minds of the masses. Did you know that it all began as a joke? <laughs> von Snipe was hardly known for his humor. No, he was the brunt of it. It was Lady Chatterley of the Pinkerton Pranksters who unwittingly got the ball rolling. Lady Chatterley was responsible for starting the not-so-great war? The key word is unwittingly. But Lady Chatterley was known for her great wit. Of course, as president of the Pinkerton Pranksters, how could she not? No, Cowpotter. It all began when Lady Chatterley was teaching her new recruits the complexities and the unpredictableness of pulling off a good prank. Fortunately, Lady Windermere was there with her back turned to the class, so I have an excellent recording of the actual event. Ahem. No, I'm going to demonstrate how governments make up misinformation to either embarrass each other or to create fictitious events that will allow one to gain advantage over the other. 
and most important of all, to have their own misinformed public behind them 100%. Chatterley created a rumor that the great Zeppelin, the Hindenburger, was filled with <laughs> flatulence. So Lady Chatterley was the one who started it all. <laughs> she faked the photos. This is an extraordinary revelation, Footfoot. <laughs> we have photos of peasants eating flatulent foods. Brussels sprouts and cabbages, sauerkrauts and Wiener schnitzels, and the notorious navel baked beans. What a scandal that was, the very notion that the Hindenburger, sailing right above our heads, was inflated with flatulence. The press had a field day. It was an ingenious piece of misinformation, Calcutta. The papers had photos of an enormous contraption that the Huns used to collect the flatulence. The woof, blah, hunger. No, here, as you can see, the woof, blah, hunger is essentially a large brass vessel standing approximately three stories in height with cranks and valves and dials and a tangle of copper tubing. It was created to capture and refine kraut gas. Now, here we have photos of peasants being fed their favorite flatulent foods. And here they are backing up to a brass bell-shaped megaphone and then mm, bending over and mm, releasing their fragrant fumes of what we refer to as Prussian perfume. <laughs> of course, it would have taken a considerable portion of the population to fill the Hindenburger. Surely not women, too. No, no, Chatterley would never stoop so low. It was reported to be a mixture of kraut and cow gases. Cows? It was a blend of peasant and bovine methane that filled the Hindenburger. My God, man, if such a lethal combination of gases exploded, it could annihilate an entire city. Highly improbably, because the wolf Blahungar never really existed. It was an invention I designed for Lady Chatterley's new recruits. No. Yes, yes, I still have the model here somewhere. So, oh, well, it's over here. Oh, look, see. But, but it's so small. Yeah, well, they made it appear three stories tall. Amazing. Needless to say, people stopped booking flights on the Great Hindenburger. This was all a prank? At first, but that's when Baron von Hindenburger called in Professor von Snipe. Crowd gas. I knew I smelled a Frenchy man. La Piu, you will pay for insulting not only the greatest Zeppelin in the history of lighters and air flight, but also for insulting all the God-fearing peasants of the Rhineland. Yeah. Frida, get me the Blackamoor. The Sultan. That's right. Herr Sultan Abdullah Aukman Otto von Mott. But, 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 but everyone believed that it was the French who were responsible. Oh, Cowpotter, you know we always blame someone else. But, but wasn't it a, a Frenchman who, who hid behind a nom de plume? Pepe La Pew. That's right. Foots, foots. So, are you saying that Von Snipe was deliberately misled? Well, someone let's take the blame, so why not the French?
So, Professor Footsfoots, you are saying that the match that ignited the fuse that set off the not-so-great war was struck by Lady Chatterley of the Pinkerton Pranksters? I'm afraid so, Calcutta. And it all started when she launched the Hindenburger Conspiracy? It was a school project. Lady Chatterley had me design a contraption she called the Rootblong. And it was a device to capture peasant kraut gas to fill the great Hindenburger Zeppelin. Of course, it was all folly, but the press thought it was real, and the krauts, of course, were not amused. And this <laughs> is when Professor von Snipe vowed revenge? Von Snipe knew that Lady Windermere was traveling through North Africa, and he was aware that Sultan Abdullah Ochman Ottoban Mun had a strong desire Western women. Surely he wasn't planning to kidnap Lady Windermere. He meant to add her to his harem. Gadzooks, man. What a fiendish blackamoor. And the Sultan had over 100 wives, but none with the fair skin of a Lady Windermere. But, Professor Footsfoots, why was Van Snipe taking it out on the English when he believed it was the French who were to blame? It's far more convoluted, Cowboy. The French were in possession of all North Africa. By having Lady Windermere kidnapped in a French possession, it would embarrass their government. I can't believe that Blackamoor was so arrogant that he would even consider kidnapping an English woman. And gentry at that. Von Snipe told the Sultan that Lady Windermere was a spy. Von Snipe knew she was a spy? He did not, but if the Sultan thought she was spying for the English, he could do whatever he wanted. What an unscrupulous cad. Which one? Von Snipe. But even more, that, that blackamoor. Oh, the kidnapping was recorded on a cylinder. You are referring to Lady Windermere's brass fantabulous? Of course. Sit down, Cowpotter. You'll find this quite enlightening. Lady Windermere had received an invitation to dine with the Sultan, never suspecting his underhanded intentions. Here, as you can see, they have finished their dessert, and the Sultan is now sipping from a tiny cup of Turkish coffee. Tell me, Lady Windermere, what are your impressions of my kingdom? Well, I must say, Sultan Abdullah Okman Atobanman, I am impressed by your foe, Alhambra. I see. Now, would you like to see my harem? Yes, of course, but uh, tell me, Sultan Abdullah Ogman Ottoban Man, do you no, believe no, 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 that no, 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 there... be so formal. Please, just call me Salty. Oh, well then, Salty. Do you believe please, please, that they will I will answer be... your questions later. Now, shall we? Me show you my harem. By all means. Oh, would you like to slip into something more harem-friendly? What do you have in mind? Something silky. Ah, I think not. Well, then, perhaps later. This way to the harem. How many wives do you have, Salty? Oh, never enough. I'll fast ahead here. Here we are. Lady Winterman, welcome to Salty's harem. Interesting. What do your wives do all day? Just sulk about waiting for Salty to appear? They are their duties. There is, of course, a hierarchy. The newest and freshest are served by all the others. Hmm, I would have thought it was the opposite, but no matter. I've seen enough. You can be my queen, my lady. A sultanate. I can give you a thousand servants. Your proposal is noted. Now, may I leave? I think you will stay, Lady Vintimir. I think not. 
It was then the Sultan made his underhanded move. Oh, get your hand out of there. Oh! Wait, wait, I can't see what's happening. When the Sultan thrust his hand beneath Lady Windermere's bustle, he caught his thumb in her brass cage and inadvertently tripped the fast-forward mechanism. Oh, such a rare and precious document lost forever. Well, you did get a glimpse of Lady Windermere thoroughly throttling the Sultan. By Jove, I never knew she had such spunk. More tea? Yes, thank you. Lady Windermere was an only child. Her father, the Duke, had wanted a son. He decided the least he could do was have a daughter who was bloody well as good as any bloke. And he taught her to shoot and to fence, to master the martial arts. And he insisted she learn a trade. A lady? Learn a trade? So she'd never find herself penniless. And what trade, pray tell, did she learn? How to play poker. Ah. So... Lady Windermere escaped the ravages of the Sultan. She did, but then she vowed revenge, and that is how the Americans became involved. Hello? Is this the Hoochie Coochie Man? Well, that's who I am, and who is this? Lady Windermere. Hey, how you doing, Lady Windermere? Ah, Coochie, I need a favor. You name it. You my favorite lady. There is a sultan I'd like you to impersonate. What kind of sultan? Sultan Abdullah Ackman Ottoban Man, the Blackamoor. Do I get to wear a turban? Of course. With a big jewel up on top. Mm, if you wish. And shoes with little curved toes. Tell me your size. Twelve. Uh, and a scimitar. Certainly. And a long shimmery robe. Consider yourself covered. How many wives I get? Oh, sorry, Coochie. My budget is such your harem has to stay behind. Damn. Can you catch the next Zeppelin and be in London by the weekend? That's a big hop from down here in New Orleans. Make it Monday, you'll have a suite at the Regent. Hmm. That's cool. Oh, and Coochie, work on your accent. Which one? The Blackamoor. Lady Windermere scheduled a press conference and presented the Hoochie Coochie Man as Sultan Abdullah Ackman Audubon Mun. She also stood by as translator. Yes, next question. Sultan Abdullah Ackman Audubon Man, do you celebrate holy holidays? In my country, we have the high month of feasting. We call Ramadama Ding Dong. Don't you mean fasting? No, man. I mean feasting. Barbecued ribs, black eyed peas, chitlins. Sultan Abdullah Ackman Audubon Man, is it true you? I do. Well, do you? No. Well, how many what? wives do you have? How many do you have? None. None? They're girlfriends. You have 123 girlfriends? Ramadama Ding Dong? Hey, Sultan Abdullah Akman Abataman. If there is a war, will you align with the Huns? I like the Huns. I like their buns, too. May I interject? The Sultan is referring to his favorite harem group, the Honey Buns. Oh, yeah. My sweet honey bunnies. Ramadama Ding Dong. Me, me over here. Oh, yeah, yeah, me. Guarding your eunuchs? Guarding my girlfriends? But don't you think castration is cruel and inhuman? Castration? They do have a union. A eunuch union? Yes, the union of eunuchs. A 
Is there really a unit union? There is, but it doesn't have any balls. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. Do you believe there will be a war? There is always going to be war. Why is there always war? Because we human beings, we love to kick ass. Rama dama ding dong. That's all. Thank you. Good day. I think that went pretty good. I remember that press conference. At the time, they believed it really was Sultan Abdullah Ockman Ottoman Mon. Needless to say, the real Sultan was furious. He planned to catch the next Zeppelin to London, but Von Snipe convinced him to cool it. The Sultan listened to Von Snipe? He did, because by then, Professor Von Snipe had learned the true identity of the French prankster, the one with the nom de plume of Pepe Le Pew. And that was Tom Lopez with Lady Windenmere's Brass Fantabulous. There are more episodes of the series. Do check it out at zbs.org. Uh, you can actually buy cool uh, steampunk-oriented art uh, swag. I was just got a mug, which is really freaking cool. Um, if you're as into tea mugs as I am, you'll be very impressed with um, how sturdy it is and the general lip feel and how well it keeps the heat of your morning brew. Wonderful stuff, zbs.org. Tom Lopez is worth your ears. Um, we'll be hearing more of his work um, throughout this month. He is the master of short-form audio drama, and I am stole, definitely stole a card from his book, um, with this rollout of The Troll of Stony Brook, which you'll also continue to hear each week on Radio Drama Revival through the month of July. Um, meantime, somewhere around 150 hours of audio drama up at radiodramarevival.com. New ways to connect with us on the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Radio Drama. You can also search Facebook and find our page at Radio Drama Revival. Or, of course, we're on iTunes, Radio Drama Revival. That wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhelge. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers. But do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com, the labor love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. <laughs>